Brian Joyce here. So I was thinking, you know, how often have we looked at, heard jokes about hell and hell is glorified. Just recently, uh, some friends, we were just talking about hell and, and someone commented and said that hey, there'll be fire and we can have uh, barbecues in hell and it was it was a nice joke and and all of us kind of uh, felt it was really funny and i remember also growing up to jokes about hell that um, hell is filled with very interesting people exciting people who know how to live life whereas heaven is all about hallelujah and floating around i'm sure i i, I really am sure that uh, you'll have heard stories like this about stories that, that really glorified hell and made hell sound so attractive unlike heaven and so that brings us to uh, the the book of galatians so in galatians chapter 4 verses yeah from verse 22 onwards is that, uh, it it uh, refers to uh, Sarah. She had a son of the a slave was born according to the flesh. The son of the free woman through promise. So the flesh would be Hagar, Abraham's uh, the yeah, slave woman uh, who gave birth to Ishmael. And the free woman was Sarah. So that was the promise given to her that next year, this time, you will be a child. Now, this is an allegory. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. The Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. What does Jerusalem refer to? It refers to the heavenly Jerusalem, where there's freedom. So it's good to imagine. Sometimes I, I get into this fantasy and I, I think that heaven is, um, because Jesus said, right, heaven has got in my father's house there are many uh, rooms. So so I think to myself, how can heaven have many rooms? And then one day I was looking up at the stars and I thought to myself, hey, what if what if each star were a room? So in other words, when I reach heaven, so this is this is of course it's just my picture of heaven. So I would imagine that I imagine that my heaven would be a star with all the things that I really wanted in life but could not have so my star my heaven would be a special planet just just made for me alone and of course i'll have lots of visitors and it'd have animals and green pastures and beautiful lovely sea and i could just jump into the sea and and swim along with all the sea creatures and i would ride on horseback and I would, uh, yeah, my animals and I would be communicating and all my pets would be there, the pets that had died. So that's my vision of heaven. Maybe someone else would, would 
want heaven to be different? You know, because God is so unique. Why do we restrict God? Why do we think that heaven is just going to be this, this white, white place with stony walls and diamonds? And then you'll see, every now and then you'll see some white person just floating and you'll just wish, wish a sign of peace and, and you'd be so bored. My gosh, I'd be so bored in this kind of heaven. So anyway, for me, I have this exciting and then we like loud music and I can dance and then I'd have parties and I'll invite everyone from the other planets and in a jiffy, they'll all be there. Yeah, so that's heaven for me. So what happens to, what has happened? How have we, how have we sold heaven to people around us or even to ourselves? So the choice is mine each moment to live in slavery or in freedom. So Hagar, slavery or Sarah, spark, which is freedom. And uh, so it ends off, the reading ends with, so brethren, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. So this, that's the Old Testament itself, supports Paul's thesis that in Christ, God's new freedom reigns. That in Christ. So where, where the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom and liberty to be who I am, to, to just to just be, to just be my wildest dreams and to live out my beautiful fantasies. So the, the myth the world proclaims is that religion and spirituality enslaves one, you know, Oh, holy Joe, holy, uh, just just that kind of sense of, oh, I don't want to be holy because holiness is, is too confining. So, and spirituality enslaves one. So, paradoxically, God frees the saint while Satan binds the sinner and drags him down. So this is the truth that we need to be shouting out. That if we follow the way of evil one, he's going to bring us down. And what, and of course, if you look at all the vices in the world, right? What do they do? Do they actually liberate us? Like addictions. They don't liberate us. Pornography, they don't liberate us. Smoking and, and drinking addiction and all sorts of addictions, it binds us. But the thing is the world has fooled us into believing that, that Satan frees you. The evil one, that evil is good. Holy is, ah, no, it doesn't matter. That's why we hear so many people say, no, ah, no, it's okay. I will do God's work when I've finished, when I'm old enough. 
but then you don't realize that when not realizing the fact that complete and total freedom can be found only in in God that we can be free in fact I and I, I'm sure you too when are we most liberated when we are in communication with God I can just be who I am I can just bear my soul I don't have to pretend so, and yeah so Jesus, if you look at the gospel of today, if you, look, if you look at what Jesus has to say, it's not a sugar-coated message today that Jesus gives, you know, in Luke 11, 29. The crowds are increasing, you know, and it's so interesting. So I see, like, it's so fleshy, right, to think, oh, the crowds are, in, are increasing. Let me please them. But Jesus was not a people pleaser. The crowds increased and he did not give a sugar-coated message. In fact, he really tells them off. He began to say, this generation is an evil generation. I mean, who would like to hear that? Who would like to go for a seminar and be called evil? But Jesus did that. Because Jesus could really look at what their needs were. Why, why, why is it that they came after him? Because he knew. He knew the selfishness of human beings, right? selfishness how come how we always go after something which gives us which which just gratifies us so jesus disappointment in the people stems from the fact that they could not read scripture beyond its literal meaning so he says no first jonah became a sign to the men of Nineveh, so will the son of man be to this generation the queen of the south will arise from the judgment and and then it goes on for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of solomon and behold something greater than solomon is here something greater than solomon is here the men of nineveh will arise and condemn it for they repented at the preaching of jonah and behold something greater than jonah is here Something greater than Solomon, something greater than Jonas. And he was referring to himself. He was here. He was offering himself. People, listen. I am the, the Lamb of God. I have, I have come down to give you a message of hope, to give you a message of salvation, to free you. All you have to do is just listen. And, and, and even Jonas... Why does he bring Jonah? It's not about him staying in the belly for for three uh, days, but it's about hearing and listening God's word. How much time do we do we spend in scripture? Just just mulling over scripture, just looking at scripture. So do we? So Jesus expects us to study thoroughly, to recognize symbolism, to recognize parallelism between the old and the new, to validate our beliefs in Him. As a Christ, am I doing this? Am I looking at scripture, daily scripture, and I'm like, is this just floating somewhere? And then I just go about my daily task. Scripture is so, it's got so much of depth in it. How much am I amassing for myself? How much am I studying and pouring over it each and every day, giving time for scriptures? Scripture study, 
So today the call is for you and for me to really take scripture study seriously. Take scripture study seriously. And then we know that we know that we know that this is where lies our freedom. So have a great, great week, everyone. And yeah, God bless us and happy scripture studying.